Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. Why, hello and greetings. Welcome to Get This Shit. I'm one of your co-hosts, Cassie. And I'm joined by my other beautiful co-host, Kaylee. Joined with words, too. Hello. 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 Hello, darling. Um, uh, we have another surprise for you all today. Ba, 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 ba. Just, we have more guests. We do. I mean, they're the same well, guests that we've had before, yes. but they're more of us. We have Sam and Malcolm joining us today. Hey, guys. Howdy, howdy. Hey, Hello. good to see you again. Hello. And uh, uh, this yeah. time we're doing a little switcherooski. Switcherooski. Yeah. Kaylee and I tag teamed similar, like-minded. Oh, what do you want to say? Like-minded. I, spooky shit. We tag teamed yes, some spooky shit. we did what we're good at and we yeah. found spooky shit. Yeah, man. Uh, once again, I was inspired by TikTok. And it once just, again, I was inspired by cryptids. Yeah. I love it. So Sam and Malcolm are going to just hang out with us and listen to us chit chat. Yeah. So this time you're tag teaming us. Yes, <laughs> we are. Yes. We are tag teaming y'all. Without further adoodles, I came across at Spooky Science on TikTok. The best. And she is doing haunted hydrology for okay. the month of October. Uh-huh. And she made a quick video. Well, I'm sure it wasn't quick for her, but TikTok quick. Yeah. Made a video about Mammoth Cave. Oh, I know Mammoth Cave. I know you do. It is near Brownsville, Kentucky. And I know that Kaylee's been. Have either of you guys been? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I, cool. I, I've been there I want to know kid, about a couple, it. A couple times. Really? Yeah. yeah we took a, it was a summer vacation. Uh, the four what? of us, we went down there. And uh, went to Mammoth Caves and a couple others that I think are a couple of the yeah, cabins that are down like there. Yeah, there's like Crystal Cave. Yeah, Crystal Cave, yeah. Yeah, Sand Cave. Yeah, so we got to go down there. We had a blast. I came home with like one of the little rocks. I've got it somewhere. Oh, that's sweet. From the cave. Right on. Yeah, How was, old were you again? Oh, gosh, I was probably like 12. I think right that on. you can now zip line through Mammoth Cave. I'm pretty sure that they oh, have really? many attractions yeah, like that I think now. I've seen that billboard. I think I have. Yeah, too. yeah. Mm. And I went. Cave ziplining. Cave ziplining. That'd that be pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I went, I think, as a kid. I can't oh say God, for certain. You went I to was, a cave yiller object. I mean, down I know south. I definitely went to a cave and it was. And Mammoth was one of the big ones that I think all of our parents yeah. took us to at some point. In time. Well, and here's the yeah. thing is I don't remember if it was that or if it was one of like the. Like old mining town caves in sure, like sure. southern mm-hmm. Indiana. I don't know. Yeah, Could I feel that. Sure. But I feel like I've been to Mammoth Cave, I but I was too young you. to remember. So I but. did actually have a customer recently, and his grandfather had been a tour guide through Mammoth Cave. Like that's fucking awesome. For a really long time. Oh, I wow. wanted to ask him so many questions, but you know, we're gotta keep it professional. But he's seen so much stuff. Yeah, dude. So much. Like, I, I just I, I have many I, questions. Can I talk to your grandfather for just? Oh my god. <laughs> right. Can I I'll borrow your grandpa for can like an afternoon? Date? Yes. Ten percent oh discount. Ten percent. <laughs> I can offer you. Here's the number. Sweeten the pot here. 
Oh my god, Kaylee, what about when you went? I honestly cannot say I remember. I believe I went a few times. Oh my god. Um, but you had that much fun, huh? I had so much fun. I did like partied a lot since then. I can't kill a few brain cells. <laughs> so you were um, younger too. But I do. I guarantee you, like if I stepped into the cave, I would be like, oh yeah. Like, I remember that. You would have like this big, just deja vu. Sweet mm-hmm. I feel you. Deja vu, yeah. 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 Yeah, but back then you were just like straight up Wednesday Adams just soaking in yes. the dark dank. The darkness. <laughs> the dankness of it all. It, I really became one with it, and that's yes. why I don't really have the memory. The only thing I remember from my cavulars was, I know the difference between a stalactite and a oh stalagmite. I bet you were cool. that kid. I'm pretty sure you were the kid that I threw the rocks at. Oh my God. Probably. Yes, in the yeah. shadows. It was, uh-huh. on, just it was the during one of my more pick honorable years. Oh. <laughs> your nerdier years. Yeah. Uh, well, Mammoth Cave is the world's largest subterranean wonder and longest known cave system. Located in that area that's roughly only a few miles in diameter, the cave twists and turns and stretches to a length of some 420 miles. Oof. 420. Wow. 420. <laughs> and counting. And, oh and counting. Wait, and counting? Yes. There's a depth of at least 30 stories. Uh huh. And that's only the explored tunnels. It's suspected that hundreds of miles of caves remain to be discovered. You just can't fit through a yeah. lot of it. Uh, oh, that makes Is sense. there any like pressure changes when you go that far down? I'm not sure. I unfortunately didn't get that deep because I got (laughs) derailed before I could get there. So so were there parts of this cave that they could go explore? Or have they explored everything that there is and they just can't fit into these They have explored everything that they can or that they have found. Different passageways open up over time so then they go and explore those sure because water levels have risen and they've also fallen so they're Mm -hmm. just showing different levels of pre-explored areas and then offering new access points to unexplored areas so it's like the moving staircases at hogwarts yes (laughs) yes very much so first evidence of humans being in there dates back 4,000 years to the prehistoric indigenous people who first dared to venture under the earth. It is believed and supported that the most prevalent people in that area were ancestors of the Cherokee tribe. They were believed to have braved the dark and uncertainty and ended up mining multiple valuable minerals, such as gypsum Mm -hmm. and selenite. 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 Sure. (laughs) Uh, It's believed that they use these minerals for trade, ritual, and medicine. They use the caves as shelter and then as a part of their burial practices. At least four bodies have been excavated since the 1800s. I'm surprised there's only four, to be honest. Of of an sure. indigenous, yes, peoples? of indigenous peoples. Oh, okay. Wow, yes, not like just some jackass who was like, <laughs> "Oh, I got trapped down here." Just yeah. Mark that just got Mark. lost. Uh, Chad, where's Lisa? I can't there. stand you, Lisa. <laughs> uh, so this dry, mineral-rich environment of the cave turned each of these excavated bodies into perfectly preserved mummies. 
Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. No, that makes Right. I would assume that makes sense. Sure. Yep, yep, yep. Many of which were on display for certain amounts of time during the cave's history because it was privately owned and they were tourist attractions. Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Was, sorry again. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Super sorry. We can't apologize for that. So the indigenous people continued to use the cave for 2,000 years until their presence was abruptly stopped. And there's no real official reason behind why they think, and all of a sudden, they're gone. Mm, they found the ball rock. Yeah. They found the but ball rock. Too greedy and too deep. Yep. Oh, yep. my For God. the gypsum. That's right. hilarious. During the War of 1812, the cave was used as a saltpeter mine to aid in production of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. After the war ended, the cave became one of the nation's first tourist attractions with the mummies. This was a period of history when mummies were believed to be members of a lost race of people. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Like, I've heard, like, a lot of dead bodies and mummies were taken on side shows. And yeah, 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 yeah. Barnum and, and Bailey and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, so I've heard some stuff, but I'd never heard that they thought that they were a different race of people. No, That's me cool. either. In 1839, the cave was witness to some good old-fashioned quackery. A medical doctor from Louisiana named Dr. Krogan bought Mammoth Cave for $10,000. Oh, we got a steal. Yeah. Okay, but also, who buys caves? Uh, well, Krogan did because he established a small village for tuberculosis patients inside the cave. That that sounds like exactly Does what Does he they think need. they're chameleons or iguanas yeah, or something? That's what I'm wondering. So, um, Krogan himself suffered from tuberculosis and at this point in history no one had the slightest clue how to treat tuberculosis so it was still in its really early stages of its pandemic sure that's what i would think because normally don't they recommend tuberculosis arizona yeah, they go to like arid regions yes yeah. not a damp like cave. higher elevations or, yeah yeah Krogan believed that the pure air of the cave would help the lungs to battle infection <laughs> He's thinking out of the box. You'd think he'd think the more cool of like the moist air. Well, yeah, you'd think it'd be more of approach of fight fire with fire or like poison with like antivenom developed from the poison itself. Like, eh, well, I mean, if we got soggy lungs, let's go where there's soggy <gasps> air. Soggy Maybe air. it'll work. Who knows? Oh my god. Maybe Man. our cr- lungs just crave soggy air now. I mean, Who knows? I, I don't know. Can't get like enough. The cleanliness feel. Sure. Of the yeah. Cool sure. Air. Yes. And, like, they're probably a little feverish. It probably felt kind of... <laughs> yeah, a little climate. The, yeah. the temperature would probably remain pretty uh, consistent. consistent. Yes. So yes. maybe that's what they were thinking as well. Yeah, probably. yeah. Uh, I mean, not everybody can get Arizona. Check your privilege. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stand you. <laughs> he invited 16 patients to take up residence in the cave in the winter of 1842. The patients lived in two stone cabins and eight simple wooden structures measuring 12 by 18 feet with tongue and groove flooring and canvas roofs. So nice and drafty. I mean, still better than, you know, everywhere else in Kentucky in 1842. (laughs) (laughs) During the winter. Yeah, they got some some huts and possibly a cots. (laughs) Yeah. To make sure they stayed on schedule with no light, they synced their watches before entering the cave to begin the experiment. 
Initially, patients seemed to improve, and Dr. Krogan enthusiastically began to draw up plans for a hotel to be established within the cave to house the anticipated masses that would flock to his cave for healing. Oh, hotel slash sanitarium, I guess? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. However, as winter progressed, it became clear that these conditions, the dank, dark, moist conditions uh-huh. worsened the patient's symptoms. Sure. No. Now they got soggy bottoms. Now right. they got <laughs> soggy bottoms. And if you ever watch Great British Bake Off, soggy bottoms is not something no. you want to have. You never no. want a soggy bottom. <laughs> Smoke and ash from the lard oil lanterns and a large fire that was used to light the cave continuously filled the chambers. Oh. <laughs> So Whoa. not only do you have no. humid yep. air, you also no. have smoke. Oh my god, acrid humid air. <laughs> wow, oh what yes. a cascade it's of air is there? Probably ventilating very no. well. No, not in at any all. way, shape, or form. No, uh, it uh, degraded and damaged their lungs. Yeah, Somebody who invented this idea, Marlboro? Like, oh my <laughs> god, that's so funny. Uh, while some cooking was completed within the cave, other meals were prepared off-site by enslaved individuals and brought into the cave in shifts. A server named Alfred noted, I used to stand on that rock and blow the horn to call them to dinner. There were 15 of them. They looked more like a company of skeletons than anything else. Ooh. Yeah. Is this where he decided to inspire Bruce Wayne to take on the mantle of Batman? One like, is, is hoping. This, is this where the cave, ex- yeah. Bat Cave started? Was Bat- a Mammoth Cave? cave? Is, yeah. Love it. Love it. Those who didn't leave the cave after the first few weeks of the stale, gloomy darkness, they died. Five patients ultimately died inside of the cave. The bodies laid out on what is now known as Corpse Rock, oh. which you can see from the Guided tour. Of course. Dr. Krogan despondently returned to the surface with the remaining survivors. The experiment was not repeated and the wood frame huts were dismantled, while the two stone cottages remain along Broadway within the Mammoth Cave Historic District. Well, I mean, we learn more from our losses than our wins, all right? So, that, yeah. you know. How long did they spend in the caves again? The experiment lasted no more than five months, from autumn of 1842 to early 1843. So just through winter. Turns out being cavemen is not like riding a bike. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason we don't do it anymore. Anymore. While the cave, why the one, two, three, while the cool cave setting conformed to the treatment standards of the time, the unventilated, damp environment made the disease worse. Like his patients, Dr. Krogan ultimately passed away of tuberculosis in 1849. Wow. Yeah, he made it another, what, six years? Six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. But at this time, like, was he also a barber or did he just call himself you. a doctor? Like, what were, it's not like he studied at Johns Hopkins. So, oh, I'm not, uh, I didn't entire, just I didn't look. as a doctor. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't look at his credentials. I just, well, he probably it. faked them anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, then. he probably right. didn't have any. Like, there's no not too much. Did, did he have tuberculosis before he did the? Yes, he was thing? also searching for a cure for himself. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then I have one more quick cave story before before we find out what lives Christmas. inside of them. During the early 1920s, most of the caves were privately owned at Mammoth Cave, and more and more people were flocking to the area to vacation. So many entrance one, two, three. So many entrances to the cave systems had either been discovered or made that dozens of caves were now competing for tourist dollars. A man named Flynn Collins owned a section called Crystal Cave, but was losing out in what has now become known as the Kentucky Cave Wars. Oh, I'm just oh, picturing man. like the Bone Wars yes, at the beginning of paleontology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His cave was hard to get to and lacked lodging. He was losing money. Collins began excavating an entrance to Sand Cave, which he hoped would steal visitors from the then privately owned Mammoth Cave. While excavating, an enormous boulder shifted and pinned him by the leg. He was found a day later. Oh, no. And what followed was one of the nation's first... Most morbid media frenzies. Oh, God. Radio and newspapers carried regular updates on Collins' predicament, and soon gawkers and well-wishers from all over were flocking to central Kentucky to follow the drama. Ugh. Mm. Uh, Good to know we haven't changed. Yep. He brought the the people there. I mean, if if you throw your leg in between a boulder, they will come. Hamburger and hot dog stands popped up, and souvenirs were sold. (laughs) Meanwhile, souvenirs, souvenirs, yeah, Uh, yeah, they were. I uh, came to Sand Cave, and all I got was this T-shirt. All I got was a stupid piece of rock. Oh my god! (laughs) It's like actually from the boulder. From the boulder, I was just gonna say this. This rock here. It's signed by him. Oh my god. So, uh, meanwhile, rescuers were at a loss to move the boulder. Eventually, another cave-in occurred, blocking Collins off from all help. Now he couldn't even be saved by amputation. Two weeks later, Collins died alone from exposure. Alone? There was just like a hundred people floating in and out of there. Well, I mean, they were around the site. Yeah, yeah. they were at the entrance of the cave. Like, Um, there's been a few, like, uh, the trap. Cave-ins like like that, yeah exploring people and a lot of times the predicament they face is with the tools that they have the more they yep. try to dig them out the more they destabilize it and, and they bury risk a almost, co- yeah. risk a cave in on top of it yeah. so Stop so he was exploring. he laid there pinned for two weeks uh-huh yeah um, james franco ain't got shit on that yeah. <laughs> not shit that's a lot of hours uh colin's story doesn't end there oh god floyd was eventually removed from the cave after several years Jesus. And he was interned into the family cemetery. Floyd's father, Lee, sold the cave and property to a local dentist named Thomas, uh, who somehow obtained permission to exhume Floyd's body and put it on display in a glass lid coffin <laughs> in the, the entrance to Sand Cave. What? what the fuck? Where hundreds of tourists could gawk at his decaying corpse. Sure. It gets weirder. Uh, oh, wow. Eventually, Floyd's body is stolen. <laughs> yeah, well, he was oh hot, God. so... He was hot, so, yeah. What a hot skeleton. You, don't, bag of bones. you don't run across a one-legged skeleton that often. Not that often. <laughs> Presumably uh, by rival cave owners who were angry at the amount of tourists the body was oh attracting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the cave wars have begun. Uh, 
After a few days, his body was discovered in a field minus one leg that was never recovered. He was put back in his coffin in Sand Cave, sands the viewing lid. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know. Yeah. The National Park System bought Sand Cave in 1961 and closed the cave to tourists, but surprisingly didn't give Floyd a proper burial until 1989. Oh, what they did? That's God, like what? 27, 28 years. What they do yeah, with this man. body until then? They just left it in the cave. I mean, yeah, it's going to stay like preserved because you were just I mean, talking about yeah. that. Hmm. Uh, it's not decaying too much. And, uh, you know, it's going to fucking hang out there for a while. So, Kaylee, <laughs> what type of creatures would Floyd encounter? Love it. Yeah. All righty. So in northern United States, especially rural areas throughout Ohio and Michigan, uh, we have oh, small creatures with elongated heads called melon heads. Melon heads! <laughs> that have been reported attacking people in the woods. Oh, shit. So according to the story, the melon heads were once orphans with a condition in which fluid builds up in the skull. Oh, hey, um, Arnold and they situation. Lived, yes, exactly. <laughs> they lived in an insane asylum. So throughout, I uh, yep. mean, encephalitis. They're not fucking. All right, all right. Well, I mean, I guess I could cause like the, dementia and stuff or something, but. But they looked weird, so they put them away. Well, sure, that too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so through various circumstances, nobody's really sure either escaping or murdering. Um, or becoming cannibals after the asylum. Oh. Uh, the children turn feral and look to living in a system of underground caverns deep in the woods. What's interesting is that reports have come in vastly different through geographic regions across state borders. And the legend in each state begins with some version of the asylum stories. Ah. So there's a common chord. Yes. There are dozens of reports from people who have claimed to have been attacked by bands of small, misshapen creatures oh, with bulbous heads. Melon heads. The melon heads. They're everywhere. That's amazing. Uh, Midwest men. melon heads. Midwest melon heads. Uh, that's that's what, mean, it sounds like you know a what, That's what band. we need to... Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, instead of appropriating other cultures, the Midwest melon heads. Perfect. <laughs> I'm, I would not be surprised if there isn't. One. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, and on to the next one, often described as a cave demon. Ooh. The same. Uh, <laughs> the hang on, I had this. Olatau is an exclusive giant bat with a oh, wingspan shit. of 12 feet, black body, oh blood god. red wings, and two inch serrated teeth. Oh, okay. Oh shit. Business. For real. Uh, That's these, a business bat. There are stories of these bats from local tribes and forests of Cameroon and West Africa. Oh. But the first story to reach the Western world came from biologist Ivan T. Sanderson. In 1932, Sanderson was studying the hammer-headed fruit bats, which are actually a fairly large bat species, um, when he was attacked okay. by the quote largest bat he had ever seen, oh, shit. with wings more than four times as large as the hammer-headed bats, when Sanderson reported his encounter to the native guides he was with, 
they became excited and attributed oh. it to what they called, which is a combination of two words, Ol and Nataya, which is named after a ceremonial mask that is carved into the shape of a demon. <laughs> oh, my. I sleep in that. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> According to them, the creature lived nearby in the caves and came out at night to feed. There have been no other reported sightings. Oh, that's because he got better at hiding. Right? Probably. Stopped attacking people. Especially people who are just going to rat him out. Oh my god, yes. So that's amazing. The next one I have for you is the Totsil Worm. The Totsil Worm? Totsil Worm. Totsil Worm. It is one of the most famous European cryptids. Oh, really? A lizard-like animal that looks something like a dragon. Okay. Mm but with a row of spiked ridges running down its back oh, and a cat-shaped head. All yep. right. Not what I was picturing <laughs> at I all. I got so excited Man. when I saw <laughs> when, the cat When you head. said tassel worm, I was picturing like the Jeffrey alien in the beginning of Men in Black 2 who's oh in the subway. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Like I was picturing more of that. I was not head. picturing like lizard with a cat head. A uh, yes. fucking Cheshire cat <laughs> is meets better. Komodo dragon. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Spanky Komodo, Komodo dragon with a cat head. Yes. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> the little <laughs> snake tongue. <laughs> Say <laughs> diddy meow. I mean yeah, diddy, diddy meow. When it hisses, fire comes out. Yes. Just like Kaylee. Just like me. The first sighting was in 1779 when a man claimed Jesus. that the creature that a creature jumped out in front of him, scaring him so badly that he had a heart attack. Peter's pants. <laughs> Same. Soggy bottoms once again. Soggy bottoms. Damn it. <laughs> every time. Uh, more and more people began seeing the tonsil worm throughout the 19th and early 20th centuries. Providing similar reports, uh, in most cases, the animal was about seven feet long with razor sharp teeth, a short neck, and a short blunt tail. Listen, why we got to talk about <laughs> short necks? Leave short necks out of this, okay? It's very cat-like. Does it always land on its feet when you drop it? or When you tossle it? When you ah! <laughs> we'll have to find out. I want to know like, if there's some sort of... I just I, I picture it with wings. I don't know why. Oh my god, tiny little wings like from a bug's life when he's yes. like, I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> yes. Little bumblebee wings. <laughs> uh some people claim to have been bitten by the creature. <laughs> like a cat, yes. Yes. Just <laughs> What did you do? Pet it too long? Like <laughs> They rubbed its belly. Not scratching right. the yes. right spot. Yep. Yes. It only gives you one try. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Get it right. <laughs> or you die. In Germany, there is a cryptid ah. name Stolen Worm, which means worm that lives in holes because it's believed to hibernate in the mountain. I hate you both. Because the worm is believed to hibernate in the mountain caves during the winter time. So that's what hibernates during the winter is the mountain, which we found out in your story. It's not really a good idea. The most recent sighting of this creature was in 2009 when a research assistant near the border of Switzerland and Italy claims she saw it running by on two legs like, quote, a prehistoric uh, velociraptor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. What? Okay. Yes. 
<laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. I've yeah, got to get going. I'm picturing those like frilled neck lizards yes. from yes, uh, Australia yes. that run on their hind legs. I, I feel yeah. like it was weird. really just like some skinny Italian man with shit <laughs> the yes. fuck out of She's here. Su- it was high altitude. She could be suffering from hypoxia. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lack of oxygen. Plus, she's a know. woman. So um, she get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I hate you. I know. One little bitty one is cave cows are described by <laughs> my... I had to throw cave cows. There wasn't a whole lot sure. in there, but... Yeah. Cave cows were described by the Maya people as a lizard-shaped animal covered Wait, in hair. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Covered in hair about 10... In- I'm sorry, 10 feet long. 10 inches. Um, <laughs> tiny <chairs>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh That lived in their many caves. But that's all I got was a cave what? cow was a lizard-shaped animal. Lizard-shaped fur long. animal. Yes. Furry lizard. I like to think of, uh, what's that thing that the girl like rides R-U-S. on? Um, fucking Avatar. The thing that sniffs the naked mole rat oh, thing. Oh, uh, the sheer shoe? Yeah. That's what I imagine it looking like. And then, of course, in the caves, we all know that the lizard people live down there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just a given. I mean, I definitely believe that some lizard people take residence in the Kentucky Mammoth Caves. I mean, if you're going to mention lizard people, you should probably also mention mole people. Mole people. I feel like that's only fair. And the crab people. Crab (laughs) people. (laughs) Okay, so that covers Mammoth Cave, and I have... uh, Another uh, aquatic wonder for you guys. Spooky okay. wonder. Or All spooky right. wonder, yeah. This one of the aquatic variety. Yes, yes, yes. Has anyone, I know the answer for Kaylee, has anyone else been to Niagara Falls? Oh, yeah. Yes. I have not. Yep, 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 I yep. have never been either. Awesome. Kaylee, um, okay, what about your trip? So uh, we were actually, it was a school trip. I was lame. I took French. And no, I do not remember any of it. I love it. So on our way up to Quebec, Canada, we stopped at Niagara Quebec. Falls, Quebec. If you're being an idiot, um, <laughs> don't insult anybody. I'm French as fuck. <laughs> French as fuck. So we stopped at Niagara Falls on the way up there, and Sweet. had a. Freaking blast. We did the whole Made of the Mist. Cool. That looks really cool. That's where you like actually get really close to it. On the board. And you get sprayed. It's very loud as well. Oh, I bet. I bet people don't take that into account. No. And then, I mean, we say they're like a night and it's a very, it's a touristy town. I gotcha. Very touristy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of fun. Um, Cool. But did I you go to both sides of the falls? No, we just did the Canadian side. Cool. That's uh, like, from what I heard the is the best side. Yeah. I have heard yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's very pretty. Cool. Sam, what about your trip? I, it wasn't a school trip. We were doing the Lord's work. Oh, was, uh, <laughs> oh a, good. It was a mission trip. All right. So. Oh, yeah. Got to fucking. Got to convert those Canadians. Yep. Man. Yeah. Well, no, it's a mission trip. Heathen to, like, Canadians. Uh, it, we're actually doing. Uh, to the help. New Yorkers. We, no, we are actually helping out on an indigenous reservation. Uh, oh, for the, that's kind of cool. Yeah, for the Mohawk Indians, there's like a community center that we helped fix up and a couple people's houses that we helped fix up a little bit. After yeah. your fucking Christian ancestors tore up dead. Well, <laughs> you know, hey, look, do what we can. Hey, you're doing hey, the work. I was like 15 or 16 at the time. Aww. So. 
and then our last, like once we were done with finished our time work. there, yeah, uh, did our shift. We uh, crossed in. right Underneath we clocked God out, the foreman. and uh, we went across the border and went to the Canadian side of Niagara Falls, which is like cool. Yeah, the Canadian side is kind of like a horseshoe, but with yes. one leg long, much longer than the other. Yeah. And the American side is called the Bridal Veil because it's just like a strip compared mm-hmm. to the Canadian side, which is huge and massive. Didn't do the Maid of the Mist, but uh, we went to Planet Hollywood. There oh, and, wow. And ate mm, dinner clearly. at Planet Hollywood in Niagara Falls, though. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty fucking bitchin'. But no, it was gorgeous to look at, and it was really, that's awesome. really fun. I would really to like to go. Yeah, Katie has cool. been. She said that it was really cool. It is really cool. It's definitely it, it's an experience to go, for sure. Yeah, I would do it. Put it on your bucket list. How long did you guys end up spending there? Like actually um, uh, seeing the falls and stuff. We probably just spent like a day there and then slept at the hotel and then got back up on the bus because between Indiana and actual like Quebec City, it's about 24 hours driving straight through Oof. on a charter bus. Sure. So we needed to get going. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right. Like there's a whole nother leg to get. Yeah. To get up there. So not long enough, but long enough. I mean, for teenagers. Like, sure. It'd probably be more of a worth a trip now. Yeah. So you I can think take I a would couple of like historical it. tours. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that's up there. That, oh, yeah. There's tons of history around it. I would absolutely go back to Quebec, actually. I think it was. It was Sweet. Absolutely. GTS trip. For sure. <laughs> I love it. Our first l- tour. Yeah. That's how we're going to tour. We're going to go to different cities and record. That we- <laughs> <laughs> cities that we want to go to. Y'all don't have to ask us. To yeah, no. Out. We're just going to show up. We invite ourselves. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're, all, we're already on the way. I love it. Well, I have some uh, fun Niagara Falls facts for you. Cool. Niagara Falls is one of the most impressive natural wonders in the world. It truly showcases both beauty and power. The falls, as we think of it, are actually three different waterfalls. Horseshoe Falls, the American Falls, and the Bridal Veil. Horseshoe Falls is the most popular, and it makes its home in both Canada and the U.S. And it happens to be the most powerful waterfall in North America. 3,160 tons of water flow over Niagara's Falls every second. Yeah. You said 3,000 tons? Yes. That's a lot. A second. The American and Bridal Veil Falls were turned off in 1969 by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to study the effects of erosion from June to December of that year. They just turned the valve. The, can I just they built a, the, a dam and they redirected it to the Canadian side for a little bit. Huh. I, the Army Corps of Engineers has always been filled with brilliant ideas. <laughs> like they have a history. Um, that would be a really interesting episode, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, yeah, they're a fine group. There have been many people who have gone over the falls. Some have survived and some haven't. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the most recent fall fallers. Okay. <laughs> See what you did there. Thank you. The first documented person to survive the falls was in 1901, a retired school teacher by the name of Annie Edison Taylor. She used a fancied up pickle barrel. 
that had a mattress stuffed inside of it. Oh, honey. Before sending herself over the falls, she tested her pretty pickle barrel with her fucking cat two days prior. Wow. What a bitch. Was it, uh, what was the cat's name? Okay, so I watched a little documentary, like a 10-minute documentary, and it used the Homeward Bound clip where Sassy (laughs) is getting out of the river, so now all I can think of is Sassy. (laughs) She survived, though. Right. I I was thinking something like Schrodinger-y. Oh, my God. That's funny. No. Sassy. Right. (laughs) Sassy works. In Sassy We Trust. Pickles. Pickles. In 1911, Bobby Leach used a steel barrel to become the first man to survive the falls. However, he did suffer a broken jaw and two broken kneecaps. Fifteen years later, Bobby passed away due to complications from an injury after slipping on a banana peel. (laughs) Stop it. For real, though. I'm, I'm real. It's just proof that if God does exist, he definitely has a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. yes, she For does. Sure. In 1920, Daredevil Charles Stevens used a heavy-ass barrel made of Russian oak. He refused to do a test run, even though he modified the hell out of this barrel. The barrel included arm straps, an anvil at the bottom that he strapped his feet into... In hopes to keep the barrel upright through the fall. Unfortunately, when the barrel hit the base of the pool under the falls, the anvil broke through and ripped most of Charles through the bottom and left him on the pool floor. I say most of him. Because his right arm was left inside the barrel when it was finally recovered. Yes. Oh, my God. Honey. Yeah, you made a torture contraption. Yeah, that's like... uh, Isn't that insane? Like, that's the type of dude, I feel like, who's like, no, I'm telling you that if... (laughs) The elevator is dropping. If you jump, jump! at the last second, <laughs> you'll be left. fine. If you just got time it right, survive. I'm telling you. Yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. In 1928, Jean Lucier heard about Charles's <laughs> failed attempt and was like, no, this is how you do it. Oh, oh man. I can do He's better. really going to do a Houdini trick for us, isn't yes. he? Yes. I can do better. God. My dick's bigger. Watch this. Watch this. Yeah, hold my beer. Uh, He built a six-foot rubber ball with a steel skeleton and rubber tubes to help cushion the ball's impact. This is going to end well. In fact, he named this monster the ball. Yeah. Oh, God, he's so creative. Jean took the plunge July 4th, 1928. While the ball did burst in some areas and other parts fell off, Gene survived. Later in life, he sold parts of the ball for money. And when he ran out of the ball to sell, he just sold pieces of old tires. <laughs> and claimed that it was parts of the ball. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sure did. I just picture it like a, like a toaster that imprints the image of the Virgin Mary on it. Yes. And you're just, every time you sell a... 
Oh, the Virgin Mary appeared yes. to me on a piece of toast. You sell that one, then you just pop another one pop in. Pop another one in. <laughs> I love it. I also half pictured this ball like hitting something hard enough and like <laughs> being shot up. Yes. And then like, <laughs> and Jean's actually on the moon. <laughs> yes. And we're at the top of the falls again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> William Hill Jr. Oh. Not to be confused with his successful father, yeah. William, he- William Hill Sr. Tried to follow uh, in his father's famous Niagara Daredevil footsteps. While William Jr. grew up being a part of a Niagara stunt show with his father, he still felt overshadowed. So what did he do? (laughs) He built a contraption named The Thing. Fuck you, Dad. He's creative name people. I love it. Oh, I love it. Just Marketing was so much easier back then. Yes, for sure. The Thing was 13 inflatable tubes covered with fishnet. Of course. Oddly enough, he did not make it down alive on the falls on August 4th, 1951. The thing failed, dude. Was it made in China? I can't imagine that like having netting while you're sinking is is a good thing. <laughs> right. I, yeah, even yeah. if the rubber tubes pop, you're like, how do I get out of this? Yeah, yeah you're now fooked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh, in 1990, an avid kayaker named Jesse Sharp decided to try to brave the falls in his white water kayak. With three buddies filming him, Jesse set off with no helmet or life jacket. Oh, so, so he was just suicidal. He wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, is that what you're saying? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy just went there to do it for his friends. Yeah, um, the reasoning behind the helmet was because it would obscure his face in the video. But then the life jacket was that they were worried that it would prevent him from escaping once his kayak hit the bottom of the falls. Plus, like, Who you couldn't it? see his physique with the, like, vest on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you like, can't see his fucking rippling abs. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised he you ended up shirtless. Give this man, he probably actually already has a Darwin Award, and good for him. Because oh, he earned it. He went over Class 6 Rapids. <laughs> and was never seen again. <laughs> His kayak was found sometime later. Well, I, I rarely laugh at someone perishing, but uh, that, I mean, I come mean, on. At least some of the other people before him had the wherewithal to, uh, like, sell their, their yeah. last moments. Until they come to see me die, that'd be about tree fitting. Tree fitting. And, <laughs> yeah. tree and some fitting. of them actually at least just, tried just to survive. Yeah. Yes. He didn't even try to survive. You need like, to have an escape hatch, my friend. Trying yes, to fucking yank. Not the sharpest. Yeah, he was trying to yank that Jaegermeister sponsorship. I after fucking this. hate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fucking Red Bull. Yeah, and it's like if Jaeger bombs were a person, it's this jacket. I oh hate my you. God. In October, actually October first, nineteen ninety-five, Robert Overacre was a man with a plan. After growing up racing anything that had wheels and or a motor, he decided a jet ski would be his ticket over the falls. You yep. Uh-huh. have got <laughs> to be shitting ski. me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. Let me catch the sweet air. Yep. That's not the only thing, though. I'm going to fly to the bottom. <laughs> fly like an eagle. <laughs> I'm going to safely land <laughs> right on the water. Robert strapped a rocket-propelled parachute on his back. <laughs> 
which in theory he would use to propel himself off the jet ski <laughs> into the maid of the mist pool located directly below. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, uh-huh. <laughs> Robert's parachute never deployed. Oh, oh, Bobby. And he fell down into the horseshoe pool below with the force of a man hitting cement. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, they so just his idea was to, him. like... Tour boat operators later found To basically go fast enough to where, like, oh, I'm going to shoot off the falls instead right. of uh-huh. down, down, like yeah. everyone yes. else. But and then, then I'm going to have a little extra... Uh-huh. And yeah, he I'm thought gonna he was going to pull the parachute, further. right? Got to fart his way yes. into the middle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to where hopefully he wouldn't land on a rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but, and mm-hmm. also have a parachute. Yes. Yeah. So, I think I should. Uh, I would have tested that parachute somehow. Why? Oh, yeah. yeah why? <laughs> right. no, one, no one ever tests these why? things. I mean, did What's Vin Diesel test it in Triple X when he you. took Stop that it. Corvette <laughs> off the bridge and then parachuted down to safety? No. <laughs> Because Xander Cage is an extreme <laughs> artist. <laughs> All right. All right. So now we fucking do. <laughs> the last person I'm going to tell you about is Kirk Jones. And Kirk Jones is a twofer, my friends. How is it? Because he tried. And this is after 1995. One night in 2003. Motherfucker. While out <laughs> drinking with friends. Oh. Kirk what, he thought, didn't do it sober? No, oh he thought God. it'd be real cool to ride over the falls. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. With nothing but the clothes on his back, Kirk Jones went over the falls and survived with minor bruising. How the f- God damn what? it. <laughs> and he never really gave a straight answer as to why. Because <laughs> I mean, did he need one? He was drunk. He was having a good time, guy. So, so he just like remember. jumped he in there and just, just jumped yeah, body just surfed Pat the falls. Pat McAfee did in the fucking. Yep, Pat McAfee did <laughs> into the falls. Wow. Yep. Uh, That's so interesting that he didn't uh, die. Yeah, he didn't. Paris. Tem- he didn't. He was so drunk he didn't tense up. That's <laughs> I guess something. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be it. In or God t- was just like. oh. Okay, here, don't die. No, God kept him alive Uh, because apparently he's going to do it again. So he was like, hey, let's watch this on instant replay. In 2017, Kirk made a return trip (laughs) that most of us would have avoided. In this attempt, he used a human hamster ball. What? Oh, like the inflatable ones? An yes. eight-foot inflatable oh human God. hamster ball. What? What do they call those? Does it start with like an X or something? I don't know. I, I want to get in one and play around with it. Me like, too, but not over the falls. But no, not over the falls. Yep, I'm uh, very calm, calm Yes. Mother. Sadly, this attempt was not successful like his first one. Yeah. His body was a tree retrieved along with the deflated human hamster ball. Yeah, because if you thought fishnet around rubber tubes was going to be yeah, bad. Yeah, now he's stuck in pla- like a basically Well, it's also a thought that bag. he made it, but when he plunged into it, the uh, area that he was in filled with water. Yeah. So he like drowned. Like a plastic ball filled with uh-huh. water? Yes. He so he drowned. survived the impact yes. and then drowned. Yes. Yes. Oh. They found a lot of Once water. Once again, need an escape hatch. Yes. Well, I mean, it has one. Try to find that shit. Yeah. When you're twirling around and you probably got like seconds fun. to yeah, the figure fucking it out. wash cycle. Yes. Well, I mean, they said it retrieved the deflated ball. So, I mean, maybe he survived the impact, but then the ball like ruptured when he, oh, yeah, for when, sure. when he hit. And then it's like trying to 
you know those horror stories you hear about the kids that get trapped in like the pool cover yeah 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 Yeah. yes literally in a plastic bag gross and imagine like sitting at home for 14 years just thinking (laughs) i will return i can't wait to go back i can't wait i'm gonna fuck you up niagara falls uh just so you guys know it's down the first time yes it's very illegal to attempt to ride over the falls. It seems like people <laughs> yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. I know, but hey. I imagine they probably have like police around there for that. For they that reason. do. They're just called the idiot police. Yeah. The idiot right. police. Yes. <laughs> if anyone looks at you funny, we got to get them out of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone walks up in swim trunks, yeah. tackle I, them. Water shoes, get them out of here. You guys ever out. seen the movie Canadian Bacon? There's no. a character at the beginning of that movie who tries to suicide himself off of... Oh, my God. Because he loses his job. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, <laughs> he like, duct tapes himself. <laughs> He's trying to, like, duct tape himself the seat. And oh. he, like, throws it in neutral so it'll just roll off. And oh it, like, God. doesn't roll off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, like, is, like, hanging out the window holding <laughs> on to the... T- or the door hanging on to the tape. Because oh he's God, like I'll trying to, to do it, it as like protest. God, I lost my job. I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's it's funny. Very funny movie. Sounds great. So with a lot of water, okay, you're gonna get um snow, ice, and slush, right? Stuff well, like especially that. Especially that far north. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most of the time, that stuff just washes down river, but other times it collects at the bottom of the falls. When this happens. It's called an ice bridge. Sure. Okay. A full-ass bridge of ice extending from one country shore to the other. Love. Yeah. So, one of those years was 1912. As you guys know, one of my famous phrases is, uh, a grifter's gonna grift, right? Sure. Uh, I say that all the time. Naturally, when people saw this beautiful natural spectacle, they were like, how can I make money off of this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 1912, uh, many people set up small shanty shacks and hawked their goods. Refreshments, photographs, horse rides, overnight yeah. on camping ice? on the ice. Oh. All on the ice. In this year, the ice was eight feet thick or 2.5 meters thick. Okay. And about a mile or 1.6 kilometers wide. Okay. Plenty of room for activities. Yeah. Absolutely. Eight. I mean, you said eight feet. Yes, eight yeah. feet thick. I mean, that's a that's a quite a thick shelf in, of ice. In the thickest areas was eight feet. Sure. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. So it was like, oh, it's, it's thick all the way through. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is totally. Thanks for the fine. foreshadowing exposition, Sam. Yeah, I feel like the beat's about to drop. <laughs> uh, February fourth, around noon, without much warning the ice bridge suddenly begins to break apart. It's not going to stick around year-round. In February, it might start to melt a little bit. Huge chunks of ice were sent down river, and what wasn't ice chunks started to dissolve in the now-exposed waters. Oh, goody. Within minutes, the entire ice bridge was no longer intact and dissolving. There were 35 people on the ice bridge at the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's a so, mile wide. Okay, I mean, a mile wide. I mean, you're going to have to hustle. Hustle. I mean, yeah. hustle. You're going to have to hustle across ice. To like, be fair, that's that's far less than what I was expecting. I was yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like, like, like 100, 100. Early in the morning, like that. Oh, sure, that, sure. Yeah. 
What, yes. What the day was this? A Tuesday or something? A Tuesday. The yeah. Tourists didn't arrive. So most people were able to claw their way to safety, but there were four people who weren't so lucky. Ignatius Roth and Burl Heacock. Oh, yes. Both Maybe 17 from Cleveland, Ohio. We're having a snowball fight when the ice bridge started to break apart. Oh, so it was their fault. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, they ran for the Canadian side, but weren't able to make it because the ice was broken at the shoreline and there was already a stripe of water beginning. Ooh. So Ignatius Yolo's jumps right into this water uh-huh. and he makes it to the shore. Mm-hmm. He oh, wades himself okay. to the shore. Uh, people said that he arrived at the shore more dead than alive. Oof. Yeah. Yes. His friend Burl was just about to follow suit, but right before he jumped, he heard a cry from someone behind him. And in a split second, he decided to help save someone instead of saving himself at that moment. Aww. The cry that he heard was from the Stantons of Toronto. Eldridge Stanton was trying to drag his wife, Clara, towards the Canadian shore. In their dead sprint, Clara collapsed from presumed exhaustion, and Eldridge couldn't carry her by himself fast enough. Burl ran back and helped Eldridge and Clara, but by the time they made it towards the shore, that small crack of water had now become a large swath of water. The th- probably going even faster. It was yes, the water was um, rapids underneath. Ooh. The three were now trapped on a slow, turbulent ice chunk that was headed down a soon-to-be very angry river. Uh-oh. Their ice chunk remained completely intact for up to an hour before splitting into two. Ooh. Amazingly, one piece grounded itself on the American shore. But cruelly, not one of them was on it. Oh, oh no. no. They picked the wrong oh. half. Yeah. Uh. Sometime later, that ice cube of doom, too, broke again. Oh, no. Separated Burl from the Stantons. And it's reported by witnesses that they were waving goodbye to one another as their cubes floated apart. Oh, man. That's sadder than Titanic. <laughs> Um, it's about to get sadder. As these people are going down the river, there are recovery efforts beginning on the shores and the bridges. Mm -hmm. There are three actual bridges down the river. Yeah, downstream from it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The first structural bridge is known as Honeymoon Bridge. They passed it. Unfortunately, it only served as a tremendous view for the horrible spectacle. By the second bridge, fire police, railway workers, and volunteers were ready with grab lines and ropes to haul up the unwilling ice passengers. Burl reached the second bridge, the Michigan Central. The people on the bridge were able to drop a rope 160 feet down to him. Wow. When Burl grabbed onto it, it stretched. No. Right. This stretch plunged him into the freezing water. While in the water, he's knocked around by ice and debris, but manages to hang on to the rope. As he's being hauled up, his grip begins to slip. He first slips down the rope, and then in an attempt to boost his grip, he starts biting at the rope. Oh, no. But ultimately, he fell and was swept under the rapids and never seen again. 
put a loop in the end of the goddamn rope. Girl, he just didn't have it in him. You know what I mean? No, I'm t- talking about the, the people. I'm talking about the... Before you send it down. Yeah, before yeah, you yeah, send yeah. it down, put it a fucking loop in the rope. Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. How about you not get a springy rope, too? <laughs> a springy rope. Can what you is make this, a sure rope? it's solid? I mean, I'll take a springy rope, but if something like a loop on it. It sounds like dip in the water is what did him in. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It, like, zapped that final strength. Well, yeah, the amount of the the extreme cold that you feel. Oh, it takes everything Uh, out of you. 15 minutes and you were dead in the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know clothes back then were probably, like, all wool. Yeah, I'm sure So, yeah, I'm sure you stayed cold if you didn't get it off. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, now that Burl was lost, attention now turns to the Stantons. At the same bridge, Eldridge was able to grab a rope and get it tied around Clara's waist. As it was pulled up, the rope snapped. <gasps> there was one last effort staged to rescue the Stantons, and that was at the Lower Steel Arch Bridge. Eldridge was able to grab the rope, but at I'm going to probably fucking cry. Uh, But as he goes to tie it around Clara's waist, they believe that the effort was futile. Or in my thought, they didn't want to live without each other. Witnesses observed that the Stantons knelt on the ice, kissed, and then held each other as they disappeared onto the rapids over the falls. Wow. None of their bodies were ever found. In 1912 was the last year that anyone was allowed on the Niagara Ice Bridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Maybe no more hot dog stands. For yeah. Because I mean, who wants to pay for all the refunds? That's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all the refunds. You don't factor that into your overhead. Danger dogs. It is danger dogs. <laughs> Come get your danger dogs. It is ice. You are standing on top yes. of yes. you and you're all And the like water's still rushing underneath. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. You could see it in some areas. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. All of your damn body heat, all of your hot dog stands, all of your hot chocolate you need. Yep. It. And I'm all sure that hot air. All that fucking hot air. What I'm also doing? thinking... When were hot dogs invented? I like, can't stand you. <laughs> I just said hot dogs. How long have they been around? <laughs> Forever. Forever. Just, <laughs> hot dogs were here. I mean, I just thought... When it, we came here. Yes. I don't know when I thought they, but I just thought more modern. I didn't think... I can't stand you. I don't know. Probably migrated from Coney oh, Island. That's what it is. Massive migration. <laughs> <laughs> they oh fly God. south for the winter. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, On the Canadian side of the falls, there is a plaque dedicated to the three who lost their lives that day. It reads, to the memory of Burl Heacock of Cleveland, Ohio, aged 17 years, who lost his life in a heroic attempt to rescue Mr. and Mrs. Eldred Stanton of Toronto, Ontario, when the ice bridge in the gorge immediately below was swept down the Niagara River and into the Whirlpool Rapids, February 4th, 1912. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. And I've got one more real quick, terrible story for you. Okay. Can y'all handle it? Can you handle it? I got it. Yeah, this one's not a... Yeah, I powered through that last because I was like... (laughs) When I was writing it, I'm like... (laughs) I guess that would be Sam and I. We'd be like, fuck it. (laughs) it. We might make it, actually. You know, now that I think about it. Now that I think about it, fuck them. We can can take these fucking weapons. (laughs) Absolutely. 
So, remember the honeymoon bridge that I mentioned? Yes. That was just a horrible, horrible observation deck. Uh Sure. Uh, That was the one they couldn't rescue. They couldn't. Yeah, they went by too quick. 40 years after the ice bridge collapse, uh, this bridge that overlooked the tragic fate that day suffered a similar one. Oh, goody. This bridge is also known as the Upper Steel Arch Bridge, and it was opened June 23rd of 1897. With a span of, uh, one, two, three, with a span of 840 feet, it became the longest bridge in the world at that time. The completed bridge had one floor and double tracks for electric trolleys, as well as room for carriages and pedestrians. It is noted that the abutments... An abutment is that vertical structure on both ends of the bridge mm-hmm. that helps support the bridge table. Yeah. Yes. Okay. These were built very closely to the surface of the water. Oh, goody. So they constantly had to be reinforced and protected mm. from the ice that regularly developed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Weird. Over the years, many different support tactics were tried because of a number of unsettling experiences on the bridge. <laughs> One such experience was June 8th. 1925 at the Festival of Lights. Oh, God. The festival goers. That's Hanukkah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The festival goers noticed the bridge started to sway. Terrified, they ran off as quickly as possible. It's just getting down. It's a party. Yeah. It's a festival yeah. of lights. A few too many. Okay. tonight. Yeah. The bridge just wanted to dance. Just wanted to bop. Yeah. What is this? The tiny town of Footloose? I fucking can't stand you. The bridge remained open until the week of January 25th, 1938. Okay. Thin ice on Lake Erie, a five-day January thaw, and three days of high winds caused water and ice levels in the lower Niagara River to rise to record heights. So on January 25th, nearly 100 feet of ice twisted the steel frame of the bridge. Oh, that's spicy. As the structure creaked and groaned, spectators knew that it would be only a matter of time before the bridge collapsed. Reporters and locals and tourists all flocked to the falls, hoping to witness the fall of the bridge. And the hot dog stand people. And the hot dogs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't forget the hot dogs. (laughs) What spells tragedy? Mothman and hot dogs. Yes, it does. Around 4.10 p.m. on January 27th, my birthday, a movement of ice on the American side of the falls pushed the bridge off of its abutments. Oh, shit. With a huge roar, it collapsed into the gorge, forming a twisted steel W on the ice below. Oh, wow. It stayed there through the spring. Well, yeah, I ain't yeah, getting it's gonna take it. them a while. Uh-huh. Here's your reminder of your fuck up. The wreckage of the bridge was cut into six sections and remained a popular tourist attraction Shocking. for the duration of the winter. On April 12th, 1938, the pieces of the once grand bridge began to sink one by one, and the last one disappeared from view around 4 p.m. Mm. Later in 1941, to once again provide an international crossing for the falls, the Rainbow Bridge was built. And it was just north of the location of the ill-fated Honeymoon Bridge. Mm-hmm. And those are the awfully intriguing <laughs> stories 
of Niagara Falls. Of Niagara Falls. Well, since I saw that you were doing Niagara Falls, um, did you happen to look up the real story of the Maid of the Mist? No, I did not cross that. Alrighty, settle in. This one's a little longer, so I'm going to do this one first, and then I have a couple of icy cryptids. So love it. The traditional Iroquois legend states that there's a lot of L's and a lot of A's. Le La Walla was immersely saddened by the recent death of her husband. The initial loss uh, started an avalanche of misfortune in her life, and she quickly lost hope of overcoming her current sorrows. Thus, one day, she boarded her canoe and paddled into the middle of the roaring Niagara River. Dramatic. <clears throat> of course, it has to be. Singing a time-honored death hymn, the girl allowed the canoe to be caught by the rushing current, and soon she and her boat were thrown over the edge of the enormous falls. Instead of finding sweet release of death in the deep waters below... She was caught mid-descent by Hino, the god of thunder. Oh, shit. He brought her to his home behind the falls, where he and his son nursed her back to health. Once again, happy and confident in her life, Layla Walla fell in love and married Hino's youngest son. Sorry. Mm. Uh, and together they had a family behind the falls. Which, I want to live behind the falls. Right? Me too. Well, maybe not those. It gets cold. Oh, my God. <laughs> She had one regret in her magical life behind the thundering water. She wished to see the people of her past once more. Unfortunately, she gained this opportunity all too soon. Hino informed the girl that a great snake had been traveling down the river with plans to poison the waters from which Leilawala's people drank. Dick snake. No, it's just white people. It's not a snake. It's white yeah, people. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> That's basically Long train I mean, of white people. Yes, but we're doing cryptids. A mayo snakeian. What well, white people are cryptid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the snake's heading down. He's going to poison the water. Her people are going to die, and the great snake would eat them. She was granted permission to warn her people and was able to save them from the disaster before returning to her watery home. When the snake finally visited the village, it was enraged to find the people had fled to higher country. <gasps> It sought to find them and carry out its devilish deeds, but Hina rose up out of the crashing water and struck the beast dead with a single lightning bolt. Damn. However, the great snake's body obstructed the river's flow, and the water began rushing directly into Hino's home behind the falls. Hino was able to evacuate his family, Leilawala included, before the damage was complete, and they oh, relocated to a new place in the sky. From their new home, she could watch her people every day, but she could never again visit her people from the past. Man. Man. A guardian angel situation. <laughs> exactly. From a giant snake. Um, I yeah. just had Hino in the sky in my head when you said that. I, I, With diamonds? So proud of you. Yes. Oh, yeah. More like spear in the sky, but yes. Sure. Yes. You know, close. Tomato. Hino in the sky with diamonds. So it wasn't really an icy cryptid. Yeah, but I but mean, it was the I actual mean, like made of the myth. That's why it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Yeah, enjoy yeah. the myth and folklore. Yeah, yeah. And you said yeah. that was like from an Iroquois like mm-hmm. folklore legend. Oh, that's really interesting. 
All right. You guys ready what for, else some, you got? for some icy ones? Next yeah. Sure. yeah All great. right. So actually, this ice, one ice, is um, a recent little cryptid. Um, over the past few years, rumors have circulated in Japan about the existence of an Arctic humanoid life form inhabiting the icy waters of the Antarctic. Reportedly observed on multiple occasions by crew member of government-operated whale research ships. Yeah, research ships. Research. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What do they taste like? Swish swish. <laughs> Lemon or lime? <laughs> Got some tagine to toss on there. <laughs> They're said to be completely white in color, with an estimated same. length of thirty meters. Not same. Or about ninety-eight feet. Eyewitnesses describe them as having human-like shape, often with legs, arms, and even five-fingered hands. Sometimes they're described as having fins or large mermaid tails instead of legs. Or they have tentacles. Or... Or they have a head of lion. I'm glad we all agree. Or they have those of a horse. Like every single person. (laughs) Or the beady eyes of a ferret. (laughs) The only visible or identifiable features are the eyes and mouth. According Barrett to one eyes. account, a crew member on deck observed what they initially thought was a foreign submarine in the distance. Oh, shit. When they approached it, however, it became clear from the irregular shape that the thing was not handmade and it was alive. Uh, the creature quickly disappeared. Right and wriggling. Wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. All right, so the next strange one I have comes from French-Swiss mythology. Oh. The Barbagazi from the French word Barbaglassi. Glacy. I told you, I don't remember French. Um, <laughs> anyways, that translates to frozen beard. Sure. <laughs> Same. <laughs> In the These winter. small humanoid creatures. Uh, with giant beards and oversized feet. Fucking gnomes. See, that's Gnome not habits. what I was thinking, because I was like, no one wants to be frozen and gay in French mythos, so <laughs> you need a giant frozen beard, you know? So, yeah. So they're frozen just, and gay. They're fabulous with their large feet. <laughs> so they travel around using their feet as skis to zip <laughs> around the mountains. <laughs> This one's really cute. During the warmer months, though, they return deep within the tunnels of the mountains and hibernate. The Barbagazi generally remain unseen by most as their habitat doesn't typically lend itself for much interaction. Mm -hmm. This doesn't stop them from liking people and helping them out, however. They find animals that become lost, particularly sheep that wander from the flock, and they always are on the lookout for an avalanche. If one is eminent, the Babagazi let out a sharp whistle in warning. <laughs> <laughs> a whistle. Not I can't squeak. whistle sharply. <laughs> Did they ever think that maybe the sharp whistle caused the avalanche? <laughs> oh my god, oh these boy. little snow gnomes. I thought, thought I saw an no, avalanche. I was trying to warn one. them. The yeah, fucking totally, trespassers. Guys. I was totally trying to warn them. But if someone is trapped in the snow, they often do their best to help dig out the individual or ensure they receive help. Yeah, if they're hot. <laughs> Oh my god! They're like, what can I get out of this? Everyone else just did it mention which mountains these 
guys were found um, in? It's the French Swiss Alps. Oh, the Alps, yeah. Yes. Because it's French Swiss mythology. Mm. Um, just these little tiny men. Give me a St. Bernard with some whiskey around its neck. I'm just See, saying. See, all I can think of is, oh, fuck, Mabel and Dipper. Oh, from Gravity Falls? Gravity Falls. All I can think of is in the very first episode of Gravity Falls, they meet these gnomes and they fucking <laughs> have these jagged teeth and they're like, <laughs> and they like stack up on top of each other to build like a giant gnome battle bot. Oh my shit. God. So that's what I'm imagining. These tiny little snow creatures. Yes. They're just like sn- snow plows. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like yes. through the snow through the to snow. rescue people. Yes. And then they're whistling. And they're right. whistling. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just like think, they're in the room. Do you yeah. think pterodactyls whistle? Like? <laughs> whistle sharply. Mimic a sharp whistle. I got nothing. I don't want to whistle directly into microphone. That probably won't sound good to the listeners. Probably not, especially when she has to go Insert back and Insert whistle yeah, here. You guys can oh my it. god. One, two, three, four, five. You got any more for us? Uh, I do. So I have two more. Oh, shit. Okay. She's so rich with the cryptids today. I, I am. So this is the high. Hang on. High. They throw in an extra L in here. High Tilk. They're another friendly and helpful creature. It was a stretch to actually call them a winter creature, but... They originated in the Pacific Northwest and Alaska area. They are massive lightning serpents. Uh huh. Excuse me. Uh huh. You say lightning serpents in Seattle and Alaska. Seen all over. (laughs) He likes his coffee (laughs) and grunge. (laughs) Who doesn't? They are a massive lightning serpent that is both an ally and a weapon of the Thunderbirds. If you don't know. Oh, gotcha. shit. Okay. Hey, okay. everyone knows what the Thunderbirds are. Um, yeah, if you don't, it's a they're, Ford product. They, Jesus. Uh, they are birds that control the upper worlds. A storm-based right. creature might seem out of place in the cold area, but people often forget the fury of a winter storm. Uh, oh, likely. Yes. They're described as huge serpents with heads like knives and tongues <laughs> that shoot lightning. <laughs> Same. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, you do shoot lightning. I do. Thank you. Uh, they live in the feathers of the Thunderbirds and are often used to hunt whales. So are they parasites? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking more like pilot fish. Oh, I gotcha. Just hitching a ride. Yeah, with like pilot fish on like great whites and whatnot. Love it. Yeah, so the Thunderbird actually uses them as like weapons. They launch them at the whales. Pew, pew, um, pew. And then <laughs> cause an injury and carry the whales away. Um, <laughs> they play fetch with the whales. Basically, yeah. Right. With the, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. the serpent. All right, so I got a better one for you. And this is one of my faves. Okay. All right. I have aliens in the ice. Fuck yes. That's where they live, man. Of course they do. Knew it all Uh, along. So this is actually a recent little story. In February of 2019, a former Navy flight engineer who was stationed in Antarctica related his experiences. (gasps) Yes, girl. 
stationed on a military base there in Antarctica just over 20 years ago, mostly doing cargo resupplies at McMurdo Station. He claims to have seen multiple UFOs on multiple occasions moving at impossible high speeds. Additionally, he claims there is an emergency call from the Davis camp north in northeast Antarctica. Because of the life-threatening event, the pilots ignored the previous strict orders to avoid an air sampling station, which was a no-fly zone. Wow. As a result of them flying over this restricted area, they witnessed a massive hole in the ice, roughly <sighs> 300 feet in circumference. Ooh. On the return flight, they were explicitly ordered to deviate around the area. Oh, shit. I highly suggest Arctic. Watch Ancient Aliens Season oh, 14, Episode 1. Season 14? <laughs> That's where I got that little bit of story from. Oh my God. So, so the Antarctic uh, Area 51. Basically, yes. And apparently, like when he was going back, I'm trying to, it was, I've seen that like a couple of times. Um, Apparently, when it. he was like trying to go back, like they got near to the space and like that giant hole that should have been able to be seen was, uh -huh. you couldn't see it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was gone. Well, of course, cloaking on. Of course. Shields They just on. didn't turn the cloaking on the first time because they took oh, them by shit. surprise. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, the cloak is probably they, just a, uh, like a cover. Ice cover, say, yeah. They were just tarp. airing it out, man. Yeah, the they were just the trying to air it out. There's snow on top of it. The they just dragged There's it across. There's like, like different <laughs> caverns of ice and stuff that they explore and... Um, Damn. Have, like satellite imagery going. Oh yeah. Do they use uh, yeah. the infrared? Of course they use mapping the and shit. Yes, 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 yes. I feel like uh, I mean, if you're gonna they hide use that somewhere. in the Alaskan Triangle. Yes. Yeah. If you're gonna hide somewhere, like do it underground's in, a great idea. Especially a lot in of the real ice. estate. Yeah. Yeah. Underwater, underground, lots of real estate. Underground, under ice, mm -hmm. up in Antarctica, where ain't nobody gonna fucking go. Who's gonna go up there? Yeah. 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 That's where I would hide. I love it. Thanks. Uh, so I think yeah. that's all we have for y'all. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys were <laughs> uh, thoroughly educated. Wonderfully yeah. uh, educated and entertained. This is uh, super fun. Good. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah, lots, able lots, to just lots, chill. Lots yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. I can't wait to go see the Niagara Falls now. Oh, my God. I know, totally right? Oh, my God. Sam. <laughs> Between I'm so sorry, but uh, Malcolm and Cassie are going to go Niagara Falls. Yes. That's fine. It'll be quiet around the house. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> You'll have a moment alone. <laughs> Fuck. You poor guy. Between 1810 and 2020, over 5,000 bodies have been recovered Whoa. from Niagara Falls. That's a lot. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> got Guys, good if morning, you take anything good night. away from there's this a, podcast, like there's a reason why stop. women live longer than men. All yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because I can guarantee, I don't know what the ratio is, but I know it's dude heavy. I'm just <laughs> it's saying. very dude heavy. Very dude heavy. Very dude heavy. Stop going over the fucking falls. Just stop it. Don't tell me how to live my life, stop it. mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> all right, my dudes. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that fabulous episode. I'm back here with Sam. Hello. And we are going to do a little 
get that shit for you. Oh, it's so hard. Hit him with the hard T. <laughs> I was going to say, how did you know? <laughs> oh, my God. All righty. So let me pull up my doodle here. And today's Get That Shit is by The Burnt Rose. You can find them on Etsy at theburntroseshop.etsy.com and also on Instagram at theburntrose. I became aware of them because one of my lovely clients got me a really cute candle that says, You're the Tits. And it has outlines of, you know, drawn different titty shapes and boobies and all of that. It smells wonderful. It does. It smells better than my tits, I would say. (laughs) I would argue. (laughs) My titties don't smell like that, Sam. Nope. (laughs) So... Big shout out to my friend Haley for introducing me to the burnt rose. Um, I will be posting a picture of my super sweet candle along with other inventory that you can get if you visit the burnt rose. Which is different from the burnt rose bud. That's what you get after you have chili that's too spicy. That's going to be our next podcast. <laughs> the burnt rosebud. Yes, and we'll talk about all the food <laughs> that's made us uh, have a spicy little rosebud. <laughs> all righty. Make sure as you are uh, looking at the burnt rose and don't look at pictures of rosebuds, um, you can find us on all all different types of listening platforms. Shout out to Podbean, our overlords, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can always find more on our Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. While you're there, make sure you like, follow, subscribe so we can continue to grow our content. Check out our link tree to find our website, episode resources, and much, much more. You can always holler at us at GTS with Kaylee and Cassie at gmail.com if you have any small businesses you want to hype or topics you don't want to do homework on. Well, you guys have a safe and happy and healthy New Year's. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you on the other side. Woo! Other side. Other side. Cheers, <laughs> bitches. Bye. Love and light. Bye.